0: Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolfe. So, uh, you know, just a little bit more on this dominion stuff. uh, Because, you know, Satan hates this dominion stuff. You know that? Oh, he hates this. Uh, Because if you figure out that we are the lords of the earth, that through Jesus Christ we've been given power to dominate the earth and to bring forth righteousness and to bring forth good, if you get that figured out, you are armed and dangerous. You are bad news to the enemy. Because he wants you to think that you're just barely supposed to squeak by and not do much and then just kind of go on to heaven somewhere. Amen? Amen. That's what He wants you to think. And you are going to refuse to think that. Right now He's saying, I like you the way you are. You're a six-year-old. Just stay that way. You're cute. And you're saying, no, I refuse. I will grow. Amen? Hebrews chapter 5, just real quickly, Hebrews chapter 5, Michael, this one's a little loud. It's dominating the platform. We believe in dominion, but this one here is a little loud. It, it's actually kind of—it's actually kind of nice. It's nice, but um, Hebrews. Are we Hebrews chapter five? Hebrews chapter five. What I want you to—the do, oh, oh, what, uh, the, the Holy Spirit just grabbed my attention and said, "Go to this one." So we'll just launch with this one just for fun. But the reason why we want to launch with this verse is because it talks about practice, okay? And. Uh, What we need to to determine to do is that as we come to know the Word, come to know the promises of God, the promises of God are how God has uh, given us an understanding of what is ours by inheritance. As we come to know that, then we get involved in practicing exercising dominion according to the promises over ourselves and over the earth. And uh, if we don't get involved in practicing, then we never get perfect. You know, practice makes perfect, right? So, if we don't get involved in practicing, we're, we're missing out on something. And if we don't get involved in practicing, even in an infantile or a, 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 a young state, if we don't get involved in practicing, then we never see what God can do. We never see how He shows up. And if we never see how He shows up, then we don't get perfected in practicing, and, and we don't get more excited about practicing more. So when I talk to you about these things, it's real important that you get involved in practicing, even on little levels, right? Little levels. You you know, I'm always trying to tell you stories about how the wolves are practicing, right? If it's over uh, properties, if it's over our house, if it's over the church, if it's over whatever the sphere of influence it is, this week it's been a lot with our health. The wolves have been afflicted, okay? Well, you know, the the, believer is called not to yield to... Uh, uh, the curse, but to dominate over the curse, right? And the, the believer is called not to rewrite theology according to circumstances, but to confront circumstances and rewrite circumstances according to theology. Let me say it again. The believer is called to rewrite circumstances with theology, not rewrite theology according to circumstances. So if your circumstances are bad, it doesn't mean you change your theology. It means you confront your circumstances with your theology because theology is meant to confront circumstances. God wants you to be a circumstance changer and a circumstance rewriter, not a circumstance yielders and submitter to her. You're not to be a woe is me and uh, where I was going when I was saying that this stuff started way back, I was actually headed to Deuteronomy 28 because even there under the older covenant of which we've inherited a covenant that's newer and better, even under that covenant, it says that you shall be the head and not the tail, Deuteronomy 28, you shall be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath." Now that doesn't and and that, you know, that's that's good that's good stuff. Amen? And that's not just, well, you know, that's just meant for certain leaders in our midst. That's just meant well that that he just wrote that for the probably for the elders, or the that was probably meant for the priest, or that was meant. No, that was a declaration over the whole nation. Amen? a declaration over the whole nation and whatever your sphere of life is and whatever you're called to and, and, and whatever your family is and whatever you're married to. And we'll, we'll get to some of those elements as we go a little further, uh, should time allow. And so it goes all the way back to Deuteronomy 28, that God is ordained that as we follow Him, as we prioritize Him, as we make Him chief in our life, that He would make us the head and not the tail above only I don't know why only could be thrown in there isn't that funny it's almost like it's almost like he's saying there um, you know pay attention to this you know there's no contradiction here above only and not beneath Wow, we should never say that we're under our circumstances because that's a contradiction to deuteronomy twenty eight which is a covenant declaration and promise over those who were under a covenant that isn't even quite as good as the one we're under now. Uh, So I want to talk to us a little bit more about dominion again this morning and a little bit more about uh, just dominion in our own lives and then extrapolating that into dominion over the earth. Uh, And some of this is related to just coming out of this season where God has said over us here in February and at the beginning of this year, and we see prophetically all throughout 11, that it's time to multiply and it's time to expand. But yet we can't multiply and we can't expand. We will not multiply. We will not expand. We will not do what God's called us to do if we don't have a spirit of dominion operating over our own lives Because if we don't have a spirit of uh, of dominion operating over our own lives, then we can't take what is the micro and expand it to the macro. And God doesn't want us to, you know, this is another thought, is that God doesn't want us just uh, doing something to do it. You know, in terms of uh, church planting, multiplication, satellite campuses, uh, He doesn't want us just doing something to do it. He wants us to expand and multiply the DNA of dominion that He's set here and that He's put on us, because it's unique and important. It's relevant and it's powerful, and we're not meant just to build churches. We're meant to rule over the enemy. And so just a little bit of micro-thinking first before we get to the macro-thinking. For the last several weeks and for a few weeks, we talked about how important it is that we get the weeds out of our soul. We talked about how that the soul and the spirit are actually two different things. And as we teach here at New Horizon, we are we are a trichotomy. Uh, 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 that is, our personhood is a trichotomy. And that is, we're made up of spirit, soul, and body. Restored Life is the ministry built and developed, designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502, 253-922-1502, and ask about the Restored Life classes today. We're made up of spirit, soul, and body. And the Spirit is where the Spirit of Jesus or the Holy Spirit comes to dwell and to live once we're born of the Spirit. That's where the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell, is in our spirit. And then our personality is our soul. That's our mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination. And really within our personality is the framework of how we see life, It is the framework of how we think and process, and the soul is really, it's the sum total of your personality. It's meant to be made alive, energized, quickened by the spirit so that the two become one to really live and reign and rule in life, okay? Now, we know that the brain is not the soul because after you die, how many of you know you have to have a brain because you're in a natural, tangible earth realm, So the brain has relevance. The brain has importance. The brain interacts with the soul perfectly and in a parallel function. Everything that's happening in the soul is happening in the brain, but you have to have the brain because the brain is tangible and you live in a tangible world. As soon as you are no longer tangible, you don't need a brain anymore. Your soul does fine by itself. You'll still have perfect memory after you're dead. You'll have personality, you'll laugh just like you laugh right now. You'll express the way you express. You'll have emotions, energy and motion, flowing out of the soul. You will have those elements after you're dead, just like you have it now, but it will be expressed in a spirit body and not in an earth body. You have to have a brain now that's in perfect parallel tandem to the soul that has within it all of the same responses, releases, and energy of the soul, but yet... Yet, the brain is not the soul. The soul is not the brain. Are you with me today? So the soul is actually within you. That's why when you say, I feel it in my heart, you don't go, I feel it in my heart. You say, I feel it in my heart. Why? Because the Bible says the soul is in your belly. In fact, is, the word for heart, the word translated in newer translations, heart, in the Bible, in the older translations or, according to the Hebrew, was often translated belly or kidneys. Now, that would seem strange for us today to walk around and say, I don't know. I just, I don't know what there is about that woman. I just love her in my kidneys. I just feel drawn to her in my kidneys. There's just something about my kidneys that's pulling me in. That would seem a little bit strange. But even so, when we say heart, we know we don't mean thumper, right? Right? None of us, if you walk up to somebody and say, I just, man, I just, my heart's alive for that. You know, none of us picture this red thing that's pumping blood. We know that you mean something on the inside of you, something down on the inside. Paul says it's the hidden man of the heart. He says it is the inner man of the heart. There's various words for the hidden man of the heart or the inner man or the heart, but the heart is kind of the common vernacular and the common translation that we use today to describe this inner man. This inner man is so important and within our soul within our soul is the way we think the way we operate the way we perceive the way we understand all of the facets of life or all of the segments or the spokes of life jesus called this at one time the trees of life the trees of life you have within you the trees of life. That is, the way you picture or imagine or function or live or, or think about all of the things in life that are important to you as a human. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We... Are so glad that you're with us. We want you to call today nine two two one five zero two. That's the two five three area code, or email us as well at the Restored Institute, Restored Institute at Gmail, Restored Institute all lowercase Gmail. God bless you. We're going back into the program now. I've named here religion and spirituality. Religion is one of the trees of life. Family is a tree of life. Sexuality is a tree of life. Vocation and purpose. Ministry and servitude in society, health and nutrition, finance and household, education, community, and relationships. Now, every one of us need those trees in our lives. The fact is, every one of us have those trees in our lives, and every one of us, it's impossible to live without some expression of those trees in your life. Now, here's the deal, though, that the seed bed for those trees... The seedbed for those trees determines if the tree brings forth good fruit or bad fruit. The seedbed for those trees determines if the fruit is edible and if the fruit is prosperous, if the fruit is good, if the fruit is enjoyable, if the fruit blesses you and blesses others. It's the seed bed of those trees. If the seedbed of those trees, that is the words spoken over you. The, the words spoken into you, that is, the circumstances of your life and your history, that is, the prophetic things that have been important to you. If the seed bed for a tree in your life is evil, then the tree will become perverse, twisted, and pr- produce evil fruit. The word iniquity actually means to twist, to distort, to pervert. If your tree is distorted, perverted, and twisted with iniquity, the tree still does exist. You can't live without this tree, but because the seedbed of iniquity is feeding the tree, the tree is now twisted with iniquity or perversity, and the fruit that comes out of the tree is not good fruit, it's not prosperous fruit, it's not blessed fruit, it is evil fruit, and you don't want to eat it, nobody wants to eat it, but yet you're stuck with it until Jesus comes along, and then He comes and says, you can change the fruit. Well, how do I change the fruit? You change the fruit by changing the root. How do I change the root? i got to change the seed bed of those roots. The seedbed of the roots has to change. You see, you can't live without sexuality, but will it be twisted? Will it be perverted? Will it be fed with iniquity and bring forth the fruit of iniquity? Or will it be that which is pure? Will it be pure and will it be… Holy, will it be set apart? Will it be right? Will it be God's way? If the seed bed is pure and or purified, well, I've messed up my sexuality. Purify it. Start over. Get the seed bed of God's word. The seed bed of God's word. Luke eight eleven says that the word of God is seed. First Peter one twenty three says the word of God is abiding, imperishable. God seed, when it's sown into the root bed of your life, it begins to bring forth a tree that produces amazing fruit. Your sexuality can be restarted. It can be restored. It can be redeemed, as can your finances, as can your household, as can your relationships, as can your ministry, as can your marriage and your relationships, every one of these vital trees in your life that right now might be tainted, might be producing some bad fruit, might be hindered, might be held up, every one of those trees can produce good fruit. But you have to work on the seedbed that feeds the roots. All right, we're excited about another day of Restored Life Radio. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. We're available at 253-922-1502. We encourage you to call in. We'll be offering the Restored Life Encounter soon. And we want you to sign up and get involved in that. We also want you to check in for the Restored Life Manual and Materials. Let's go right back to the program. Okay, so we're talking about dominion. See, Jesus wants you to change the seedbed and to change it with the Word of God. He wants you to confront the enemy and to confront your history and confront any sin, and all that is harming the seedbed of the tree in your life and begin to bring forth with the Word of God good fruit in every tree. It's possible and you can do it. But you need to become a person of dominion, a person of change, a person of transformation, a person of repentance a person of confrontation. Come on. So we're turning away from the enemy in every way, turning away from that which is perverse and unclean, that which is compromising, that which is impure. Why? Because it's messing up your tree. Yeah, but it's fun. You know what? That fun thing is ruining your tree. Stay with that fun thing, and you're going to see it's going to produce a terrible amount of fruit that will mess up your future. You're going to be stuck with that fruit, but you can turn it around right now. Matthew 12, Jesus said, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. The implication, he's saying, you, you, you make the tree good. You make the tree good. You made it bad. Life made it bad. Stuff made it bad, but now you can make the tree good. Come on, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility and you have a privilege to bring about crazy, crazy change in your life. You have a responsibility and a privilege to bring about a change in your life. Let's go on. Verse 34, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? Here he's rebuking the Pharisees for out of the mouth or the mouth speaks that which fills the heart. So he's comparing this, the tree, he's comparing it to that which is in the heart. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good. The evil man out of evil treasure brings forth what is evil. And I say to you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned." So we have this crazy privilege to get the crud out of our life and to begin to pursue the Word of God, find out what the Word of God says over every single area of our lives. And as we find out what the Word of God says, get the seedbed of the life of God, the imperishable seed of God, growing at the root level so that our tree begins to produce good fruit. Can you say amen? Now, if you get to know the Word of God and you're coming to know the Word of God, you're learning what the Word of God is, then the Bible says that the next step is to begin to agree with what the Word says over any one of those trees, those significant areas in our lives. The Bible says to agree with what God says over those areas. To believe what God says concerning those areas, believe it in our heart, and then confess with our mouth what God says. The word confess means to agree with God, submit to God, agree with God, say what God says over every one of those areas. We've got to be so careful that we actually begin to say and pray the things that God has declared and that God has promised and not say and declare just what we have or what's before us or what's circumstantial. If we just declare what is circumstantial, now we've reverted to a pre-Deuteronomy 28 day. We've decided we're not the head and the tail. We've decided we're not above, but we are instead beneath. We've decided we are the tail instead of the head, beneath instead of above, and we've decided the circumstances are greater, stronger, more vast, more powerful than God's Word. So over every one of those areas, I'm declaring things over my vocation, over my purpose, over my ministry, over my relationships, over my sexuality, over every single area of life. I'm finding what God says about those areas and I'm declaring those things over that tree of my life. I'm agreeing with it. Therefore, by agreeing with it, causing, allowing the seeds of God to grow at the seedbed level so that the tree begins to bear good fruit. God's not going to sweep in and cause one of these trees in your life to bear good fruit without your participation. He's not going to just run in and cause everything to go right in an area of your life without you participating. This is, this is the walk of faith. The walk of faith is finding out what He has said and what He's promised and what He's given us and then believing that with our heart and beginning to agree with it in every single way. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus said, Pray this way. The disciples came to Jesus, Matthew chapter six, verse nine. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray. We'd like to know how to pray. We heard the Pharisees praying. And just recently, while we were walking around, we heard you confront the Pharisees and actually rebuke the Pharisees. And we thought that they knew what they were doing. They thought they were new, they knew what they were doing. This is chapter five of Matthew. But now we come to find out they really didn't know what they were doing. We don't know what to do either. How do we pray? And so he gives us the Lord's Prayer, right? We know it as the Lord's Prayer in religion today. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen? We've come to understand that this is really an outline prayer. Hallowed be thy name. This means start out, approach God, come to God with worship, with adoration, with thanksgiving. This is just one part. It's part one of the prayer outline. And then number two, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done On earth as it is in heaven That's not the end of prayer We find out that's an outline You've been listening to Restored Life Radio For more information on the Restored Life Institute Contact us at 253-922-1502